What's going on, Ken Fold? Welcome back. Welcome back. Key to the City Podcast. It's your favorite cousin in the building, Keone G. And we're back with another episode, man. I appreciate everybody that's been supporting. Whatever you've been doing, liking, sharing, commenting. You didn't have to do it, but you did. And we shouldn't appreciate it, man. Shout out to everybody. Shout out to everybody that voted us as a finalist for Best of Jackson. Uh, best podcast, best media platform. Uh, we brought that thing home in 2020. So hopefully we can do the same thing this year. And uh, I pretty appreciate everybody that's been supporting us, man. So y'all keep doing what you do. And uh, just like with our last episode, this episode is no different. We're going to keep hitting you in the head with quality content, quality guests. And I'm excited about this one. I've been trying to catch my man for a minute. He's been out there doing his thing, and he's definitely putting the work in, man. I'm sure y'all done heard of his name by now. Uh, he's an up-and-coming croon- crooner uh, with a silky voice that it just captures your attention off, off bat. And uh, might make your girl second guess why she with you anyway. Uh, so look out for him. Currently residing in the ATL, straight out to Hattiesburg, Mississippi, the bird. And uh, he recently completed his uh, Cyclone tour, which we'll talk more about that. And that Cyclone yeah. single is jamming, uh, as is all his projects. Um, so we'll talk a little bit more in depth about that. And uh, the man also released 52 tracks in a row. Uh, I believe that was last year during the height of the pandemic. You talk about grind, man. So that's a song, a track for every week of the year. How many of y'all put in that work right there? Straight monster. So uh, that inspired me out top. And now we finally have him in the city to chop it up with us. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Kenfo, welcome to the city. My Kenfo, Josh Waters, what's going on, boss? What's happening, brother, man? I appreciate you having me, bro. We appreciate you, man. How your day been going? So far, so smooth, man. I can't complain at all, bro. I'm enjoying my holiday with my jet, bro. There it is. There it. Oh, you got a little one? Yeah, yeah. I got a six-year-old. He grown. Six going on 60, man. If anybody looking for a six-year-old, <laughs> he is up for sale right now, man. Already. I need you to get about three more, man. I need you to have three more. Three if, more? If I got four, everybody need four. Yeah. Hey, man. Just give me. I'll get in the race with you. Just give me like four years, but I got you. Oh, I got you. You good. You good. You still a young boy, see? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you still in the game, so I ain't trying to ch- shut you down just yet. But man, you are so dope, bro. Uh, we love to give our artists their flowers while they're here. That's why you're getting the key to the city. Uh, wish we could have did it in person, but it's all good. I'm sure we'll link up in the future, man. But we just want to find out more about you, bro. Uh, how long, first of all, how long have you been singing professionally? Did you come from a musical background? I did come from a musical background. Uh, this question is always interesting to me. I feel like every interview, I low-key give them something different. But mm-hmm. I've been doing it. I was signed to an independent label back in high school, man. And I'm I'm talking like 16, mm. 17. Like, if you could YouTube Josh Waters, Beautiful Love, these same locks, like, up above my ear type of thing. Yeah. Um, and that's really where development start. And so I kind of count that kind of not if we count that let's 18 years mm-hmm. i usually like to start with where i dropped out of college and really like dug in for real and this was the only thing that i was doing uh so i say like six years bro cool i caught that in your music uh too when you dropped out of school to uh pursue it uh the music full time uh yeah. what was your classification at the time when you dropped out uh, i was a sophomore so i did my freshman year i came back and did the fall of my sophomore year and just didn't come back that spring semester Love it, man. I love when people chase their dreams, and uh, college gonna always be there. So, I'm nah, glad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I'm glad you did it, man, because we definitely need this music. Who are some of the uh artists that you looked up to when you was coming up or that inspire you now? Uh, coming up, man, my mama was a neo soul head, mm-hmm. bro. So, in my house, neo soul and gospel. 
so she was playing a lot of music soul child you know your your erica's your jills mm -hmm. your joes and tanks uh that was heavy you know what i mean and, and and most like most gospel music in southern black household that's what it was and would go to my grandmother's house my cousins was playing like you know southern hip-hop ugk outcast mm -hmm. which was what i gravitated towards uh the most your big crits man big crit low-key raised me um Word. you know what i'm saying when crit okay. when crit was came out i was in like the ninth grade when i say he raised me i mean musically from his music okay. so that's <laughs> yeah. that yeah yeah nah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's my old school. You, you familiar with miss smurf miss smurf i know the name she was a rapper back in 05 she had to eat it anyway single she went to jackson state she was popping about that yeah time, bro. i thought i know i heard today yeah all right so smurf bro that's my first cousin so when I was a jit, she had me running in behind her. She would be rapping and stuff like that, you know, bring me to the studio and things of that nature. My mom was a vocalist and my older brother was a musician. Um, so I was just always around it. That's kind of how I got to start. Dope, dope, dope. Uh, so the relationship with Crit, like, because y'all got a track together, right? Uh, we don't have a track together, but we have one. I have a track that he produced and wrote on. Like, he wrote the chorus to it and he produced the record. And your producer is that willpower yeah he has the relationship with crit as well right correct okay and uh it's smoke dizzle yep that's the homie yeah 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 because i heard those tracks i like man this boy really on his shit. so yeah nah go ahead go ahead now nah, i was just wanting to find out more about bandwidth the label and uh all the talent that's associated with the label man so bandwidth is like this creative it's a production entity, but it's like this creative hub. Uh, obviously, like you said, Will Powell, he's the uh, owner and executive. Mm -hmm. He He's most known for being a producer for, for Yellow Wolf. Uh, I don't know if you're a Yellow Wolf fan, but that whole Pop the Trunk era, that, that mm -hmm. whole love story joint, that was all Will Powell, his production. Wow. Um, he also, you know, he did Wiz Khalifa. He, he co-executively produced uh forever a mighty long time with big crit that's how i met him actually okay so crit had invited us pretty much to a session willpower just so happened to be there uh working as a producer and that record that you're talking about with smoke dizzle this fire that was my first single and it was supposed to actually be another rapper on it we ended up paying a band for it at the time they mm -hmm. wouldn't send us the right files and crit was at the time he was just like don't even trip i'm gonna just get dizzy to do it and as it did so i was playing that record in that session that day and willpower he didn't think nothing of it because i wasn't there for him i was there you know with crit and willpower was there to do a job so mm -hmm. uh on that day though bro i heard willpower and big crit talking about opening up a studio or, or willpower more so was talking about opening up a studio this two years prior to me actually going as a client you feel me so um fast forward two years i don't see willpower in the city or nothing like that but i'm looking for a studio to start working on my honey project and i was just over the like trap scene of atlanta like i make r&b music so i was tired of you go to the to the certain studios out here it's like it's a trap house right, right. so it's like man, i need a different energy man yeah and i put up a post like where can i go and Cortland liddell who's actually from jackson mississippi he responded was like uh and had a different name at the time but he was like you should go holler at willpower and i'm like dang bro did say he was gonna start you know working on the studio so I just started booking them, my manager and I, we had like a little budget uh, and we was just consistent. In our mind, mm -hmm. we was like, if we can book here in a way that makes them notice us, then we can just have that conversation. You know, those brothers from Mississippi, ultimately we just need the opportunity to work. We don't need right. handouts. I just need the opportunity Thanks. to be put into play so that I can work. You know what I'm saying? And so that's ultimately how it took place. 
the engineer of Shea Renaissance, he kept going back telling Will Powell, like, yo, it's this young kid in here who you need to know about. And I went, I ran into Will and he kind of gave me that double took, like, God, I know you. I'm like, yes. He's like, you ain't signed a trip. And I'm like, nah. He was like, let's have a meeting. And he asked me and my manager, like, what y'all need? And my manager and I, we looked at each other simultaneously and looked back at him. We was like, bro, got it. And he was kind of mm. taken aback by the answer. And from that point on, that's what we've been doing. And so bandwidth is a hub that houses artists like that. So you find artists like myself mm. who are already doing it. Um, you know what I'm saying? And, and you develop them. I did a six-month program, uh, development program with bandwidth. Uh, where I quit my job. It's a gym there. It's a trainer, the whole nine. So all day Man. around the clock, you 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 come. I would come at, to the studio at ten in the morning, work out with the personal trainer, jump in the shower at the studio, get right in with the vocal coaches, artist development coach for performance prep. Come out of that, eat, jump right in the studio studio at three o'clock, uh, and you would just work from three p.m. until the divide was gone. You know what I'm saying? So you do that every day, six days out of seven for six months straight. It just kind of creates this lifestyle of, mm-hmm. you know, uh, overachievement, I guess. Man, that's dope as hell, because I know a lot of labels don't focus on artist development these days. Um, nah, not at all. <laughs> they just throw you out there to the wolves. And uh, yeah. shout out Dollar Black. He a part of the team, right? What? That's my guy. Shout out Dollar Black. Shout out Run, man. So, yeah, I, I, I highlight all of the key components right now. Um, like I said, you got Willpower. You got Tessa. You got John Griggs. You got Shea Renaissance, Dollar Black, Ronnie DJ, Jay-Z, uh, Hood Music Beats, Misha Fair. Um, and if I'm leaving anybody out there, watch this. Mm. Don't, 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 don't beat me up. But we're a real right. family, man. Yeah. It's a lot That's of Mississippi a- folks in us. And speaking of Mississippi, man, I always ask my Mississippi artists this. Uh, and you are the perfect cat that I can ask for this. It's always talked about in the city, man. If you want to break cuz, you got to leave Jackson, man. You got to go to the yeah. A cuz or L, uh, yeah. LA or anywhere like that. Yeah. Was that your thought process when you moved to the A, or do you feel like you could have built the same foundation here, or it just made more sense to go to the A? Uh, man, if I'm being 100% honest with you, bro, I I knew, like I told you, I was signed to that independent in high school. My mom was letting me skip school and drive to Atlanta as a 17 year old, bro. So in wow. high school, in high school, I already knew, like, I want to leave. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? That was already when I went to Alcorn. It was because I had a full scholarship, and I also did want to play in the marching band. You know how big band is mm-hmm. back home in Mississippi and Louisiana. So it was like once you get to Alcorn to Jackson State, that is professional. And so I wanted that experience also. But once I checked that off my list and like was the section leader of the drum line and stuff, I, I was like, okay, I'm good on this experience. I came to college knowing that I didn't care to complete it. Um, so for me, it was always like, let me just get out of high school, go do this whole band thing. Then I'm out type of thing. And so to answer your question from a more realistic space, I definitely felt like I had to leave Mississippi in order to achieve the things that I'm doing now. And the reason I say that is especially, but we talking 2014, 2015. So there was, Mm -hmm. there wasn't a real platform, uh, to support music. We always had platforms there that were. Uh, uh, doing the, the best that they could, whatever the case may be, but it was like I would hit a ceiling. And I felt like I didn't leave Mississippi until I hit my ceiling. Like mm-hmm. once I got the support of Hattiesburg, once I felt like I can come do a show in Jackson with a dollar or a dev Mac and start really, you know what I'm saying? People started greeting me as Josh Waters, the artist, and not just the homie or whatever. Right. Like, All right, cool, it's time for me to go. And that's never a slight to home. It's just, it was me being able to recognize and realize if I want more, then I have to go 
and acquire more information. Even if mm -hmm. I do make the decision to come back, but I knew it was going to take me leaving for me to get access to that. So is the difference just really like more resources that you have access to? Man, so you know what? Yes. And I'm going to put it like this. This is probably the deepest I done went on an interview with this answer to this question. There isn't enough. There isn't enough economic backing to there back you go. music in Mississippi, mm. bro. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, realistically, when I have these conversations with people, it's always surface level. And most of the time, they don't understand this. Like, it'd be a pride thing about being home. And it's like, bro, I love Mississippi, but it ain't no money to support what I'm trying to do. Mm. And so I had to come, when you come to Atlanta, everybody got money. It's black people that ain't never done music and they got old money. So that alone changes your perspective on just how the dollar circulates and yeah. how it works. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Yeah. And so once you get a better understanding of how the music business works, it's like, it's not a Jackson thing or a Hattiesburg or the coast thing. Mississippi economically, there's not enough going on to support what's required to support mm -hmm. artists. You know what I'm saying? Right. Realistically F in that state. So it's like, uh, like what are we gonna do shows that we gonna everybody gonna come doing that howling mouth? We don't even have enough venues, you know what I'm saying? And it's like howling mouths the peak. What venue do mm -hmm. you go to after howling mouths? What window is it before you go to the Coliseum? Because there's right. a there's there's venues in Atlanta that make sense before getting to a Coliseum mm -hmm. space. There are others. There's other events and things going on to surround the support and push of an artist getting from one level to the next. Versus Mississippi, like I say, it's like, bro. We just don't have the economic resources to really support what most artists need to successfully sustain a career, bro. And I kind of see, uh, you familiar with Akeem Ali? Yep, that's the, I just talked to him last week, actually. I kind of see him in the same boat as you. Like, um, he been had the talent, been had the skill, and then when he went there, he just took it to another level. And uh, I, I argue with my counterparts all the time, like, if an artist from Mississippi wanted to go on a press run, where would he go? WABT or <laughs> real talk? Yeah. You know what I'm so I think I know now they're slowly building up these platforms, these digital platforms. Uh, yeah. but we all knew. But I'm hoping like five, seven years from now, we can have some kind of momentum going to where home artists can feel like they can come home and do a press run and do a show. No, nah, straight up. Get back Bro, to the money. I Honest to God, that's why I never, if, if a person DM me, I don't say no to nobody, really. I don't care how many followers the platform have. Because okay. just like with artists, when mm -hmm. when interviewers or people in general, let's not make it about interviewers. When yeah. people are talking to artists, they never know if that artist is the one that's going to be the one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you belittle them, you know what I'm saying, when you meet them where nobody knows them. And then two years from now, they end up being the next biggest thing. I feel the same way about platforms when it comes to podcasts or anything Facts. with anybody. Speak, so it's like, speak. yeah, this this could be the next Breakfast Club, and I ain't gonna be the artist that shitted on them when they only had two hundred mm -hmm. followers because those two hundred people still could be two hundred folks that don't know about what it is that I got going on. Facts. Um, so so I always try to do that, but the thing is, bro, infrastructure. We we mm. missing. I, just to go back to the question, I feel mm -hmm. like we're also lacking the the a understanding and knowledge of how this business really works, mm -hmm. um, and then the infrastructure, the infrastructure to effectively maintain it. Like right. for a platform from Mississippi to break, I hate to say this, but after you do an interview, if you go up a list down the top ten artists in Mississippi, bro, and this ain't no slight to nobody who might say this. If I don't know you, I don't even do name calling, right? Let's not do that, cause niggas. All right. <laughs> Let's not do that. 
be at your head. But you feel me? It's <laughs> like how high can you go on a total pole? Who's who would you like to interview to to break your podcast? Mm. Because it doesn't get any bigger than Sway Lee and them right now from Mississippi. Mm. Then you're gonna do what, David Banner, Big Crit? It's like you would even have to go interview artists outside of this to bring about awareness from other places so that when you do have artists from Mississippi on here, they're getting more eyes than just their homies who they could have just recorded this shit and sent it to. So it's like (laughs) you kind of got to learn how to work in conjunction to share these resources so that it makes sense to be able to be a platform where artists can be broken off. You know what I'm saying? I'm so glad you said that, man. You are hit the nail on the head, bro. You are on point with everything you just said. I couldn't add nothing to that. That's exactly what we need. And I'm glad you mentioned the, uh, cause I, I just shoot my shot when it comes to artists, uh, try to have them on the platform. So somebody like you with a significant following, somebody like Calvin Richardson, I would always thought these guys would turn me down, but y'all have been the most receptive, most open. Now, most of the time, most people don't even give a damn. They don't even check the DM, but it's all good. Yeah. But I'm going to shoot my shot and then you never know who's going to bite. So, Straight up, bro. You right about that, shout bro. Out to, shout out to Calvin Richardson, bro. He gave me my first shot when I was 16, opening up for him in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, man. So what? That's that's crazy. Shout out to Calvin, bro. For real, for real. That's dope, man. He's uh, you the second person I heard say that. Stephanie Look said he gave her an opportunity as well. So I love to yeah, hear bro. that, man. It was my first paid gig as a kid. They paid me like 160 bucks, dog. I'll never forget it. You were hype as hell. What? Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about some music, dog. Uh, yes, sir. Man, I don't know where to start. I hate comparing artists to other artists. Uh, I, I, I struggle coming up with somebody to compare you to because you're just so different, man. And the sound, I just rolled me up one, man, and let the window <laughs> down and just blow, man. And you just look. buy that, bro. What's the purpose behind the card themes? With the project man that shit is just divinity bro i i just was telling somebody I'm like you know what i'm about to stop trying to make that shit sound so it's divinity bro it was a part of my development process man i had made a whole lot of music in that six month span and then we continued after the development process and remind me to go into investing in yourself as an artist because i want to i keep right. talking about the development but we paid for that bro like we paid for that so wow. that does that but at the end of that development process, we had so much music willpower with this. We didn't feel like we had necessarily a sound to put out an album, but we could not put these records out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what ended up happening, we probably started 2020 with about 25, 30 records. He was like, bro, we putting out a song every week. He came in about October, November and made that decision. And me being how I am, like I'm an athlete, you know, first. So I was like that, we putting out a song a week. And once we started doing that, we started running out of songs. We started realizing like, oh shit, cause you gotta have content to go with these records of photos. If it's a song every Wednesday, mm-hmm. every song had to have content, photos, you know, support details around it every week, man. So uh, it turned into something very, 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 very strenuous, bro. But what it boiled down to was at the time, one of my marketing uh, people, they was like, bro, you know, it's 52 cars in the deck. And we all- I just like, got this shit right now. We just like, what the <laughs> hell? So, it, it kind of just started lining up on its own, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then me on the side of spirituality, I'm like, 52, 5 plus 2 is 7, the number of completion. <laughs> ah, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. and then we started, as we started getting more into it, we started really finding other meanings in the suits. But ultimately what we did was 
uh, a song a week. You know, it's four quarters in the music industry, four suits in a card deck. So we knew it was going to be a lot of music to digest. Mm -hmm. Mind you, th none of these songs were meant to blow me up. It was just meant to develop me and wow. our ways of getting into stock. We knew that we put out these records, it would create leverage when we go have these meetings with these labels mm -hmm. and stuff. It's like, because we got a catalog. So if one song catch, it's only a matter of time before they go back and start to move the numbers on these other records that we already got pre-existing. So that's really how that joint came about. The heart suit was at the top of the year. You got Valentine's Day is cold. We wanted to put records that would pull on your heartstrings. The spade suit was me knowing that I couldn't give you 52 sad songs. So it's a spade. You don't know what it's going to be a wild card. Right. I started trying new sounds and new rhythms, new cadences. And then a the club, we felt like those records were records that could fit in like a brunch space or a club space in the slower hours. And then the, the diamond suit was just where the pressure came about. People started leaving the team, things of that nature. And so those records are a bit more like triumphant, so to speak. But yeah. Man, that's wild that all these songs were created in the development stage because you sound like a established artist with years of experience behind them and you already got one if they go back and looking for other singles man i always think i'm an a&r in my head bro i swear to god yeah. <laughs> are you a vibe hey that's what you was playing when i hopped on here that's what you was rocking. boy that shit i don't <laughs> play that bitch every which way nah that's the love bro <laughs> That junk jamming, man. And then, so it kind of made me like, after listening to all the projects, like, it almost seemed like with Cyclone, you wanted to show your range. Or yeah. it seemed like a different style for you. Uh, give us a little background on Cyclone. Man, so Cyclone, bro, or, or, or just the entire musical space, man. I speak, I speak on the, the change in general because I'm getting ready to release another song in January. And I'm I can say that it's, is left of Cyclone. Like they can't stand in the same room type of thing. Mm -hmm. But uh, so what happened was after doing those 52 records, we, the question of like, what do we do now? What do we, what does the artist do after putting out 52 records? You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? So Will Powell felt like I was developed enough for his expertise of creating an album. We can go into this mode. So the top of the year, that's what we did. Early February, late January, early February, we jumped into album mode and I went to LA for the first time, bro, in March. And Love LA. shit changed my life forever, bro. Changed my life forever. When we went, we had about eight or nine records of what we thought the album was about to be, right? Mm -hmm. And you familiar with the producer, Malay? Uh-uh. Malay, he, uh, Frank Ocean. Familiar with Frank Ocean? Okay, yeah, yes, sir. Ch Ch Channel Orange and Frank Ocean. That's mm -hmm. Malay and Frank Ocean. Frank, uh, Malay wow. is the producer. So he did like Green Light by John Legend, you know what I'm saying? Discography is crazy, bro. But so we go to LA and we working with him and we playing on the records. He's like, man, we're gonna do something different. And so he pulled me out of the booth while I'm recording the record. He's like, bro, you can sing exceptionally well, but nobody cares. And I'm like, what, mm. nigga? <laughs> like, man, don't nobody. <laughs> he like, he like, nobody cares. He names two artists, bro. And he was like, I've worked with both of these artists. Which one do you want to be? And I won't say their names, but he was like, one mm -hmm. can sing circles around the other, but the other understood songs. The other understood mm -hmm. entertainment. And the other one is still putting out songs, and the other one is not. Mm -hmm. You can't name five records from the other one, you know what I'm saying? And mm -hmm. it's like, damn. That was when I realized that, like I was telling you about Mississippi, that even R&B music has a ceiling to it. And 
I was like, how do I remove this ceiling? Mm-hmm. How do I remove this ceiling, man? And so that session was when we basically scrapped all eight or nine songs that we thought was going to be my album. And the song we made that night was the start of it. And Cyclone was just a spinoff of me trying different things. And once we started to find the glue, like this stuck to our ribs, we would just keep them. And that's kind of how we got this one. Yeah, what's, trying something new. What's the creative process behind a song like Cyclone? Um, like you said, it was inspired by Heartbreak, right? Yep. You should have just made a diss record, nigga. But nah. what? <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> but like, what goes into the process of creating that album as far as arrangement, writing, yeah, uh, yeah. all that? Uh, so man, willpower, which is crazy, because I've been with him for almost three years now, and in album mode was the first time that I was able to see like why he was willpower outside of every other reason he has sold me on. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like. He going, he, I can see, I've seen him make beats in five minutes, 10 minutes and, and they go type shit. But like for the album, man, we just went to this completely different space. It required something different from me. My lifestyle had to change. What I was eating had to change. How I was, what? all this shit. But we, we went in and he was telling me before the album, I was like, you ain't ready. And I never understood it. Mm. But once we locked into a space, a frequency for the album we kept that frequency until the end of the album but it took like five months we didn't we didn't get what well, we got march was the first song that we made like going to la but we didn't get back into that groove for real until like five or six months of making the album mm-hmm. not being in la and having to use the energy here in atlanta versus that shit is so tropical and uh, you know right. what i'm saying it's like yeah. so it really takes it takes being in a certain headspace and everybody uh, uh, being in alignment, bro, for us all to lock in mm-hmm. and be in conjunction on what it is that we're trying to do, bro. So making this album required that. As far as writing go, man, I'm a person who actually, I enjoy working with other writers. I'm mm-hmm. a writer, but I enjoy writing my music with other people because I, this is my third time bringing up a ceiling. I'm a person who fears not emptying a clip. And when I say that, meaning mm-hmm. I'm wise enough to know that I can say this like this, but if I have a conversation with this person through dialogue, we might be provided with a different perspective or a better way to say what before this conversation, I could only say it like this. Mm-hmm. So for me, I enjoy bringing in other writers and, and bouncing uh, perspectives and just concept off of different people. So there's that, I got my favorite writers who I'm like, get them three niggas down here mm-hmm. so we can do this. Uh, so it was that man. And just, just like I say, Tapping into a real frequency and sticking to that, no matter what's going on around us. That's how we got the music that's on that hard drive right now. That's smart as hell, bro. Y'all make a great team. Uh, Key to the City podcast. We got my Ken folk, Josh Waters, in the building. A couple more questions for you, dog. So, yes, sir. You just uh, embarked on the Cyclone tour. Finished that up. Yep. Was this your first headlining tour? Yes. Yes, me and my manager before getting signed to band with, uh, we did like you know how the Chitlin circuit go, man. Shout out to my brother D Horton. Uh, we did like D. the honey tour, going to different places. Hell yeah, real nigga, bro. But mm-hmm. going to different places, spot dates, linking up with different artists, doing things. But this was my first real headlining, like we on the van type of thing, two weeks out on the road, yeah. niggas snuggled up in hotels and yeah. things. So, yeah, yeah. How was the experience, man, as far as Bruh. the reception you got? What was the litest city? 
Oh man, that's a sticky question, dog. I know y'all hate to separate the cities. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because when they watch it, it's like, well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Don't do it, bro. Uh, Don't do it. They was all. I appreciate it. Everybody was lit. <laughs> exactly, man. Nah, Jackson show hella love, man. I, I gotta do it right. Jackson, Atlanta, and Riley, bro. Those, those, those mm -hmm. three, top three for sure. Did yeah. you you get to do one in Hattiesburg? I didn't, man. I actually just got cussed out about that yesterday. I did. <laughs> and uh, no groupie stories or none of that. Uh, I I'm scared to tell. This you, ain't man. the platform I'm, for that, man. Don't this be ain't that, about bro. Cause <laughs> she gonna watch this shit. She gonna watch this interview. <laughs> Ah, no, just fucking with you. See, that's why I'm working on a different platform now so I can talk about stuff like that. Hey, come on, bro. But, uh, almost threw me under the bus. Yeah, bro, I wouldn't do it like that. 2022, <laughs> right around the corner, man. I'm excited yes, for you, brother. Are we, are we getting an album? Is it in secret? Um, oh, before you answer that, what do y'all do with the songs that y'all scrap? I always wondered that. Uh, I'm a writer. So I don't scrap shit. If I can't use it, somebody else can. Mm. So whenever I'm in a in a space to write for other artists, uh, in certain cases they already have this like thing that they trying to say, and in some cases it's like they don't know what the fuck they want to say. Right. And so I have these records to play as references now. So it's like shit, you want this type of thing. So I don't scrap nothing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and yeah. uh, you didn't do a visual for each track in the nah, car nah. suit. Okay. So. Okay. An album or no? Yes, it's already done. The bow on it. We just trying to decide if we want to put features on it or not. It's been mm. done though since it's been done since August, bro. I noticed that too. You don't do a lot of features. You nope. kind of like hold your own weight. Man, That's I choice. work too hard. I'm gonna be uh. real, bro. Like this, is my take on features. Not to be J Cole about it. Not to be cocky or none of that shit. Just being humble and being real. It's like it's easy to get a feature with Joshua. It's called man. I'm gonna charge what feature? Fifteen hundred. That's that ain't nothing. Mm -hmm. If you in the game and really understand it, right? But to some people, it's like, what, bro? Or the love, man. I thought we were showing nah, hell no. Nah. <laughs> yeah. You go to McDonald's and act tell them, right? That. I hate but like, that. nah, bro. And and but babe, that's what it boiled down to. Because I'm down to work with anybody, bro. As far as me being the one reaching out, trying to work with everybody, I just, I like I say, I work too hard. And it's mm -hmm. like features got to make sense to me bro it's like what's the point is it you wanting a piece of my fan base or me wanting a piece of yours or do we actually fuck with each other and we doing this because it's a genuine exchange that's mm -hmm. the only two reasons we need to be making songs together there's no other point like i'm not the person who want to work with you just because you hot fuck that i'm gonna keep working mm -hmm. until i'm hot enough to be the person that's being sought after because Respect. i'm that hot yeah you feel me so mm -hmm. it's like until then man i don't have enough genuine relationship in the industry to have features on my shit so <laughs> i love it keeping it raw 100 i love it keep it out there my boy and uh yeah. last but not least you said you want to speak on artists investing in themselves what do you think about people that pay to be on like showcases and is that uh, I think it's important. I I and I did it, so I don't think it's important just because I had to do it. Uh, I think it depends on what side of the gate or what side of the street you have to walk on to get into the game, if that makes sense, right? Okay. Um. So I always use my partner, man. The money. He's one of. He is a good friend of mine. Shout out the money. Yeah. Shout out the money, dog. When I moved to Atlanta, he was one of the ones who were instantly like, "What? Come on, bro." Um. But 
with the money, I watched the money work as an individual. But mm-hmm. even as an individual, it's like you're still, he's still T.I.'s son. Mm. So if he, his starting point is off the top different from others who there you go. Yeah. decide that they want to start doing music. This isn't to discredit or slight the work he right. does. It's to highlight the fact that I see him actually, even with those resources, he doesn't take anything for granted and he really goes out and create a name for himself. Mm-hmm. Right? But there's right. no reason for him to ever pay to do a showcase. Makes sense. If that makes sense. Makes You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, th- I think it all depends on your starting point and what's surrounding the person. But, bro, if you, uh, if you happen to get it out the mud and create a real name for yourself, by all means, if that's a requirement, paying to get on that stage, if that's your first, that's how you get your first performance, do what you got to do mm-hmm. type of thing, bro. So I get it as long as it makes sense. Real talk, bro. Hey, man, you an intelligent brother, man. You speaking nothing but facts and talking your talk, man, and walking your walk. We love to see it, King. You keep doing your thing, that. man. It was more than appreciate an honor that. to have you on the platform, and uh, hopefully we can bump into uh, each other in person in the future. I'm sure I'll be out in the A at some point this year because uh, I'm trying to hustle this podcast like you do the music, my boy. Nah, uh, for sure. <laughs> what's uh? How can my audience keep up with you, follow you, check you out, purchase your music, yep. all that? On all social media platforms, man, it's Josh Waters Music. No crazy spellings. Josh Waters, W-A-T-E-R-S, man. And if you want to get real personal, you can text me at 218-353-5965. And my music is available on all streaming platforms, man. There it is, man. Y'all make sure y'all support this King Josh Waters. He flow just like it. You hear me? (laughs) This has been another episode of Key to the City Podcast. I'm your Ken Folk, Keone G. He is our country cousin, Josh Waters, man. Y'all support this brother. And we'll see y'all next week. Peace, love, blessings. We out. Love, bro.